Good morning. I'm glad I got a chance to uh, share some more of God's Word with you as we're going through the book of Revelation. We're getting into Revelation chapter 2. When the Lord greets each of these churches, He talks about, He's talking to uh, the angel of the church or the messenger, the pastor of the church. Now, in these seven churches, we're going to look at three this morning. In these seven churches, people have broken them down into different methods. Some have broken the churches down into ages, like the Ephesus was uh, the first century. Smyrna was between A.D. 100 and 300. And each one of them with the Laodicean being the end of the church aid, the apostate church. And they've broken it down by era. But also they've broken it down by uh, type of church. Uh, like Ephesus represents a church that kept his faith, but somewhere along the line, it, it lost his love for Christ. Smyrna represents a church that is poor and persecuted, but it has remained faithful to the Lord, and it has stayed true to the Lord and to his word, and it's going to be rewarded. It's going to receive great reward spiritually. Pergamos represents a church that's faithful, but is compromised by allowing some false teachers and practice to infiltrate the church. Uh, and, the ch- and they allowed them to just to continue to stay in the church. Thyatira represents a church that has a lot of mention about good works and love and faith and ministry, but it also has allowed a false teacher to remain in the church, and the church has not used spiritual discernment to see the doctrinal error. Sardis represents the church that's on the very... Um, edge of spiritual deadness. Majority of the church is spiritually dead, even though there's just a little bit that has the reputation for being alive. The Church of Philadelphia represents the evangelistic church. The the church is mission-minded. They had everything in the right order. They loved the Lord. They were faithful to the Word of God. They kept His name, and God gave them an open door of opportunity to minister to their their city. That's the church we need to be, the Church of Philadelphia. And then the last church that he he talks to is the Church of Laodicea. And this is the church that thinks it's the best church around, but it is lukewarm, it is dead, poor, blind, and wretched, yet it thinks it has all the right answers, thinks it's doing the will of God, thinks it is rich, it is the best church, and yet it's a lukewarm church we find in the last days. And so as we go through this, We're going to see how the Lord addresses each church. He greets them. He gives the title for himself, a title of Christ. He tells them what's going right. Then he tells them what's going wrong. He warns them to repent. He encourages them to listen. And he gives a promise of restoration and use for those who respond. So with that in mind, let's go to Revelation chapter 2. Let's look down to verse 1, and we're going to look at the letter to the church at Ephesus. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of his place, 
except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath in here, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden, uh, excuse me, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, notice this. The Lord identifies himself as the one who's holding the stars in his right hands, walking among the candlesticks. That points back to chapter 1, where John is describing the Lord Jesus Christ. It gives us the authority of the message that this message to the church is from the Lord, is from Christ. Now, <coughs> excuse me. Notice how he says, I know. Now, 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 this is important. That phrase, I know, tells us the Lord knows what's going on within the church, with each individual's life. He's where we're, uh, where we are. Uh, he, he realizes uh, the, the, the spiritual condition we're in. He knows where we are in our walk with Christ. He knows the difference between our motives and the intents of our heart. He knows all of that. And he knows what's going on. Now, notice what he says. Now, what did the church get right in Ephesus? They were hard working. Uh, they worked hard in the ministry. Uh, they spent a lot of time and effort working for the Lord. Uh, it means the, the word toil here, the word working here, means to work to the point of exhaustion. They worked. Secondly, they were faithful. They were steadfast. Uh, they were faithful. They did not waver from the truth. Uh, they were consistent in their uh, walk and their work for the Lord. Then it talks about not only were they hardworking, faithful, but also discerning. They recognized the false teachers. They recognized the false prophet. They pointed them out, and they, uh, they put, the, put them out of the church. They, they removed them from the place of where they were called. And then they, they, they said the church was strong. He goes on down, and he says, also, uh, he says, I'm commending you because you hate the Nicolaitans, now, there, there's some uh, disagreement on who the Nicolaitans were. Some of them said uh, they were the same as the Balaamites. In other words, they tried to destroy the church, getting the people to go into sin and idolatry. You find this back in Numbers chapter 25, uh, verse 1 and verse 2, uh, the daughters of Moab trying to get the people uh, to go after uh, the gods of Moab and uh, to worship idols and how that they um, have worked against them. And so he says, you're faithful, you're strong, you're working hard, I'm commending you, but I've got something against you. You left your first love. You left your first love. Now, what's the first love? Well, the first love is the love for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he gave himself for us because he loved us, we love him. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 14, we know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. First John 4, 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And so what he's teaching us, the church has left his love. In other words, they're hard working out of obligation. I'm working because I'm obliged to work because I want to work for the Lord. Not because I love it, because I feel like I need to. What we need to understand is we do what we are called to do for the Lord, live for the Lord because we love the Lord. Why? Because he first loved us and he gave himself for us. And so 
what he said. You need to remember that first love. There's times that we need to go back and we need to remember uh, when we were first saved and how we felt to know that our sins are forgiven, that Christ took our place on the cross of Calvary, how our hearts was lifted, and we had such a fervent love for the Lord. But as time goes by, our love kind of dwindles and, and we replace it with something else. We need to go back and we need to remember that first love. We need to rekindle that fire that we had in our heart and in our lives. Now, uh, John tells them, you need to do three things. Now, notice this. You need to remember your first love. You need to repent. Repent of your sin. Turn back to the Lord. And then you need to return to what you were doing in the very beginning. Remember your first love. Repent of where you are now that you've left your first love. And you need to go back and you need to return back when you had that zeal and that love uh, for the Lord and how you were serving the Lord and, and the fervent love that you had in your heart. Notice what it says. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Repent and do the work, first works, or else I will come to thee and will remove thy candlestick out of this place. Except thou repent. You need to return back. But what does he mean here? When he says, I'm going to remove the candlestick out of his place. Well, I was thinking about this, and it reminds me of the Lord talking on uh, the mount and how that is. He was uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, and he was teaching. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but the salt has lost the Savior. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what is he saying? I believe what he's saying here is this. When I remove your candlestick, you no longer have a testimony before this world. You will no longer be salt. You will no longer be light. You will no longer have any effective witness for the Lord. Now, you might uh, remain as a church just in name, but you no longer have a testimony for the Lord. Why? Because you didn't repent. You did not repent. Then he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. In other words, be attentive, understand, and act on what I am saying. So what is he teaching the church at Ephesus? The same thing I think he's teaching us today. That as time goes by, if we're not careful, our love for the Lord grows cold. We're still doing the things. We're still doing the ministry. We're still active. Yet our love for the Lord has grown cold. And we're doing it more out of obligation than anything else. We need to remember when we were first saved. We need to go back to that time when our love for the Lord was as a fire burning in our hearts. And we need to rekindle that love. We need to repent of where we are that we've gone spiritually cold that our love life is for the Lord has gone cold and our love for others has gone cold. We need to repent of that. We need to confess it. And then we need to go back and return back to the point when we were serving the Lord because we love the Lord and we want to do it because of our love for the Lord. You know, it's time for the church to get back to the place that we are living for the Lord because we love the Lord.
because we love the Lord. He loved us enough to die for us on Calvary's cross. We need to serve him in love. We need to love him. We need to repent and return back. That's what he's calling the church to do. That's what he's calling us to do. Remember that first love. Don't forget it.